Dallas responds, and we head back to Big D tied at 2-2. We recap Game 4, plus a few things to discuss ahead of Game 5 on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, Wild fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes all week long. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, Alex McLeddy joins us to recap an eventful weekend for the Minnesota Wild. One that saw them win big on Friday and unfortunately come up a little short in yesterday's game, setting up a pivotal Game 5 in Dallas. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. We bring in Alex McLeddy. Alex, the first playoff edition of McLeddy Mondays, unfortunately, does not come after a wild win. But hey, we got uh, we got the win on Friday, and ultimately, from my vantage points on Sunday, this game came down to the opportunities early on in the game. You've got like six odd man rushes, a couple of breakaways. Ultimately. Regardless of how things went with those penalties laid on Marcus Foligno, ultimately you got to find a way to get one or two of those past Jake Ottinger. He was the difference in this game. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I tweeted out right at the end there, the uh, the save on Marcus Johansson was all world. Um, for him to push off and, and get get there, get to the other side and, and glove that down, that was absolutely incredible. And the, the Wild were humming late there trying to, tie up the game and so he he just came up huge but yeah there was uh there was plenty of opportunities uh the one that also sticks out in my mind was the freddie goudreau pass over to marcus felino uh it was a tap in and he just you know just missed it uh krill had that breakaway and ottinger you know shut down the five hole uh krill had another chance too on the back door uh, and then just missed it wide yeah so there was there was opportunities for for the taking there um, you just just have to bury. And it was interesting, too, because all the talk heading into game four was that Dallas was going to need to respond. They were going to need to come out swinging. And yes, the Stars did have more zone presence in this game. They did hit a couple of posts early on. But as I had a chance to see from the XL Energy Center... There were a ton of opportunities early on in which you have four or five stars players swung over to one side of the wild defensive zone. And once the wilds got a hold of the puck and were able to get it out, like I thought honestly, with all the things that the stars did well in this game, I thought frankly they were kind of a disaster at points in the neutral zone. Yeah, they gave, they gave the Wild plenty of opportunities, uh, you know, to to move around, and you know they 
for whatever reason, they just, you know, just couldn't bury, couldn't, you know, can capitalize, you know, the game was there for the taking and, you know, just, it, it's frustrating, you know, and you're expecting, uh, you know, some of the big guns to, to finish and, you know, uh, for whatever reason, they, they couldn't come through today. So <laughs> very, very interesting game for sure. Let's talk about those penalties because you have Marcus Foligno getting called for an interference penalty behind the net. It wasn't an interference penalty. It maybe could have, you maybe could have argued that it was a penalty. Maybe it's not an interference penalty. And then the one in front of the Dallas bench, Marcus Foligno tripping. <laughs> Marchment didn't get tripped. No. And, uh, he took a, he took a, you know, took a stick to the face. The, how is that not high sticking? Bizarre, bizarre. You know, and, and it was both ways. We have to be fair on honest because the Dadanov hit was exactly like the first, yep. uh, you know, quote unquote penalty that, you know, Felinos hit. It, it looked very similar. They both, both were not penalties. It had to have been a makeup call. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. Um, the officiating in the, in this year's playoffs has been bananas. Uh, and you, you hope, uh, you hope it doesn't, uh, uh, you know, come down to when it's a deciding game that there's a huge issue, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, and Dallas took those opportunities that they had on those penalties yes. and they capitalized on it mm-hmm. because for their power play, they focused on getting the puck in front of the net and you have the first goal that goes off of a skate, goes through Philip Gustafson's five hole. You have another goal that happened right after the second Stars power play in which they didn't score, but then Evgeny Dadunov just flies in from the box. Gets The Stars get a perfect screen. Gustafson doesn't see the puck, and that one goes in. And then that other power play, Tyler Sagan, able to just wedge one past Gustafson. And so they take advantage of those opportunities, and you may as well have called what the Wild were doing on the power play you may as well have called them just passing plays because it just it's too much passing and we have seen this from this team at points throughout the season where they're passing up shots trying to find the perfect look and the point that you have to drill home in this game you're not probably going to score in your first look against Jake Ottinger but with how he kicks those rebounds out you just have to start putting a flurry of pucks on the net get players in position for rebounds. That's how you beat him. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. He's too good of a goalie to, uh, to get beat a lot on, on the first shot there. Uh, you know, Dean talked about it after the game too, that, you know, someone brought up uh, uh, John Klingberg's game. I think it was Gorg. And, you know, he, he said, yeah, um, you know, you know, he's been, he's been fine. Uh, we've, he said, we've talked about on the, on the power play that, you know, he'd like to see some more, sh- you know, shots on, you know, on that there. Um, and you know, he's, he's a hundred percent correct. Um, you know, we, we've seen in the playoffs, uh, you know, it's a lot of puck luck, you know, bounces off, off shin pads, feet, you know, whatever, however it you know takes to get in, you know, because these goalies are so good, you know, yeah, you know, a lot of the times you have to fool them and, you know, you'll take, you'll take those bounces. So they just need to get, get the puck on that and, and let it fly, you know, because, um, you know, Ottinger, he's, he's so, 
it, it, technically, you know, sound. Yeah. You know, you know, exactly that, you know, the Johansson uh, shot at the end there. He he pushed off and got over and was in perfect position to to stop that one. So, uh, you know, you take a look at uh, Klingberg's goal. He went against the grain and went far side and and it was a snipe you know yeah yeah that's a that's a way to, to score an ottinger too i can uh you know a, a lot of that game too the wild were going low on ottinger and he yep. was getting his pads on it you know i think they have to start going up high uh you know uh, how how the stars went on gustafson uh, over that glove you know I, I thought i thought both of the you know the the two later goals i thought they were pretty soft by gus you know especially that that third one was a backbreaker yeah um, uh, he had I don't know how it, the the puck was fluttering, but I thought he he could have stopped that that Sagan Sagan shot. But I was also really proud that the Wild didn't give up there because you know you know <laughs> it was a deflating goal, but they worked really hard to try to get back into that one. So that's that's what they got to take into this next game is he, that energy at the end there. Yeah, and the theme for this game is missed opportunities as yes. opposed to what we went with for the everydayers that listen for game two, which was self-inflicted mistakes. It was a game in which the wild were in it until the end. It just came up to a rebound here, a rebound there. The the wild had some opportunities where they were saucy rebounds that Ottinger had given up. There was one in which Marcus Johansson was in the perfect position for the, the tip in and the Stars did a good job of just lifting his stick, getting him from being able to make solid contact. There was one on the near side of the ice where Kaprizov was in the perfect position to uh, to try to slap one home, and the puck just kind of fluttered on him. So you need to have more of that. If you are going to go low, as you alluded to, just have players in position to tap those rebounds in. But, yeah, this is we, – we talk about it a lot because – it's a Minnesota sports team in the postseason. So obviously, you draw parallels to what happened in previous postseasons. This is a different feeling. It's obviously still a loss, but this is a different feeling going into game five than it was last year because you're in it up until the end, whereas in last year's game four, you're like, oh boy, yeah, we uh, we kind of got rang there. So... It's, it's frustrating, obviously, that the Wild weren't able to capitalize on those opportunities, but I think the important thing to take away from this game is that those opportunities were there, and a bounce here, a bounce there. One of those early breakaways goes in. I think it's a game that has a completely different look to it as it plays out. So credit to the Stars, credit to Jake Ottinger. He was fantastic, uh, and it just... That's exactly what Dallas needed in game four to, uh, to draw this one even. So we'll continue today's show. A few more things to break down. Um, some just really, really good play from a few uh, wild players. Some guys that need to step it up a little bit. So we'll talk about that as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild. After a word from our sponsor, which for today's Lockdown Wild episode is game time. There is nothing more stressful than deciding the game of, the day of, hey, I want to go to game six of the first round series, Wild and the Stars. But tickets are either crazy expensive or they just are not 
available. Well, Game Time is here to help you through the hassle of trying to find tickets to events the day of. You can browse through the Game Time app. The best thing that I like about it is that it will show you events that are close to your location, plus flash deals on last minute tickets. It's also easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They offer images of seat views and the lowest price guarantee, plus event cancellation protection, job loss protection, you name it, they've got it. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, make sure that you tune in for tomorrow's episode as we get you further hyped for Game 5 in Dallas and what the Wild need to do in order to steal one again on the road. Seth Topol joined by Alex Micheletti today. Alex, it's becoming a regular trend Gustav Nyquist has been nothing short of awesome in this series, and I was sitting next to uh, to Brandon Molesky up in the uh, up in the press box, and he tweeted out just as much during the game. He said, "You may be getting to the point where you need to start thinking about getting Nyquist more ice time because not only does he have really good vision on the ice, he also is just." So good at handling the puck and is just so calm out there on the ice. What a great pickup by Bill Guerin that just continues to fly under the radar. Yeah, he's a 200 foot player. You know, he might not be as fast as he was when he, you know, was coming out of college, but he he does everything right. I mean, uh, defensively, offensively, you know, he can play on the power play. He can he can penalty kill for you. He he's a complete player. And they got him for nothing. You know, Bill Guerin got him for nothing because he was injured, and you know he worked extremely hard to get back uh, in the lineup. And just imagine if they didn't have him. You know, after the Shaw injury, after the Eck injury, um, he, they've they've really needed his services. And so you almost have to think about maybe you know promoting him to the top line too, uh, and, and the top power play. You know, to to you know get some of those guys going. Uh, him and Johansson have just been so smart out there. Uh, great, great pickups. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because you look at what is going on as this series unfolds. You had the really, really good Matt Zuccarello game in Game 3. Right back to it in Game 4. And so maybe it's a situation and, you know, I'm, I'm going to give... I'm going to give a lot of different shows shout-outs here because we don't do it enough, and there just is so much good, wild content out there. Um, was listening to uh, to Judd Zolgad, Judd's hockey show, um, on the way up to the XL Energy Center yesterday, and he made, I thought, a really, really good point is that it seemed like Zuccarello might have had a little bit of a talking to from either Dean Evason or Bill Guerin ahead of Game 3, and maybe you don't end up pulling him off the top line, but honestly, that would be a, probably a perfect spot to get Nyquist some additional time. 
is shake up that top power play unit a little bit. Get Nyquist, a guy who I'm just going to keep saying I think will score at some point in this series. Give him an opportunity to get up there and just try to shake things up that way. Yeah, the 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 stars are winning the special teams battle right now. So the the wild are going to have to do something if they want to win this series. And so, you know, you have your seeker weapon there. You know, put put them to use. It's it can't hurt. You know, it really can't hurt. You give it a try. If it doesn't work, you know, you go right back to what it was beforehand. Uh, but at least try something. You know, it it doesn't hurt. And so, he's not. You know, like we like we've talked about. He's he's not going to hurt you. He's a smart player. You know, he's a veteran in this league for a reason. Uh, he's been on multiple teams. And and, and so uh, that's that's a guy that you can trust, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I saw some calls on Twitter as well in an attempt to jumpstart the power play to get Kalen Addison out there. And I'm just going to say it right now, bluntly, I think that ship for the rest of this season has sailed. Because here's the thing about the top power play. John Klingberg as the defenseman anchoring that power play and leading that power play is very, very, very low on the problem scale um, of what's making that power play ineffective. He, he moves the puck pretty well. He is, you know, if anything, he's guilty of overpassing himself. But again, he scored a goal tonight. He uh, he did a good job of, of trying to facilitate up there from the top. If you're going to point fingers at what is causing problems with this top power play, it's the other guys passing too much. And so I, I just, I think too, the combo of Faber and Klingberg seem to have such good chemistry together out there on the ice. The only way that decor is changing right now is if somebody gets hurt. I'm not touching it either way, otherwise. No, 100%. You, you're not throwing Kalen Addison in there. Uh, you know, it's it's too much of a liability defensively right now. You can't you can't throw him in there. And the minute that John Klingberg was, you know, sent here, you knew that Addison was done. It was just, you know, that's you know, Klingberg was traded here to be the power play quarterback and you aren't going to take him out. And in favor, it's incredible that, you know, in that small little window, uh, you know, he is beating out a veteran in Alex Goligoski who has won a Stanley Cup and they are trusting the 20 year old, uh, which is which is incredible. But, you know, you take a look, you know, there's, you know, Luke Hughes out in New Jersey. He's not playing right now because, you know, as good as an offensive defenseman as he is defensively, you know, you don't trust him. And so with Brock Faber, you know, his offensive game, you know, it could eventually get there, but he's so good defensively with the stick. You know, he's going out there, uh, you know, against, you know, some solid, you know, seasoned veterans and, and performing admirably, you know, and, He's out there with John Klingberg, who's not the greatest defensively, but they're making it work, you know? Yeah. And they're putting in a lot of faith in the 20-year-old to make it work between those two. So it's it's impressive. Yeah, and you are putting Klingberg in a lot less situations in which he can potentially be exposed mm-hmm. defensively. But, I mean, look at what happened in Game 2 where how many – I don't know how many odd man rush – 
or breakaway opportunities the Stars had in Game 2 that Merrill kept getting run right by on. And that has stopped since you have put Klingberg in. Those three D pairs are playing well. Klingberg's even mixing it up physically a little bit too, which you, you love to see. So I don't, I don't touch the decor at all in any situation unless somebody gets hurt. So that's, that's where I'm going to put it. That's, that's where we're going to put it. And uh, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not budging on that. Um, speaking of hurt, we, uh, we got to talk about uh, Kirill a little bit. I don't know if he is a hundred percent. So we'll talk about that. Cause I wanted to finish today's show by discussing the top guys, the top line for both teams, because it's been a roller coaster for both the wild and the stars. And so we'll finish today's episode of lockdown Wild, discussing which top line will get things going first. That's on the way after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we've got some surprises coming up here later in the week. We've got some big guests in the works to get things rallied up uh, between games five and game six. So make sure to stay tuned. Uh, We'll announce those once we have them locked in. But uh, for today's episode, Seth Topol joined by Alex Micheletti. Krill, I'll give him all the props in the world. He is, um, he's gotten it out. He very clearly is not 100%, but I saw you and, uh, and Judd tweeting back and forth um, after the game. And, you know, he didn't score. Krill hasn't scored in a couple of games, but he still is impacting the game enough to where I think you assume that at some point he's going to get back onto the score sheet. The nice thing about it, though, is that with him only having one goal so far, everybody else is stepping up. Yeah, there's been, uh, I tweeted it out to uh, 10 different uh, goal scorers. So it's a complete uh, complete difference from a year ago when Krill was doing everything against the Blues. And so, yeah, it's, it's really nice to see Klingberg score, Freddie score, um, you know, so that was, that was awesome, you know, and we're, we, we've seen it in flashes with Kirill too, uh, mm-hmm. during that game, uh, you know, he made that spinner, spinorama move. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's there. Um, just, you know, the finishing touches aren't uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, he's a tough guy. You know, I, I think he is still fighting through that lower body injury. Uh, you know, when, the, when Logan Stanley went WWE on him. And so that's a name, that's a name that we'll never forget. Now. <laughs> um, you know, we'll be, we'll be doing this like 10 years later. And I uh, remember when Logan Stanley almost ruined the season for the wild. And so, yeah, I, I give pro- props to, to Krill because, you know, he wants this so bad. Yeah. And they need him, you know, especially, with Eck uh, back uh, back being hurt, and so um, you know he's relied on relied on to be the superstar of this of this franchise, and so you know he's trying to to push through, and you know hopefully he can you know can have one of those breakthrough games that we're used yeah. to. It's Michael Russo, I think, alluded to it after the game is that you're seeing the signs, you're just not seeing the goals yet. And if if Boldy and Kirill keep working the way that they have been. 
they're coming. And it's funny, Logan Stanley could do he he's got some work to do to officially achieve public enemy number one status because I think you may be able to retire Ryan Suter as public enemy number one in the state of Minnesota. My God, people were all over him over those two home games. I didn't think we would see it again. You know, when remember when uh, he had left Nashville and every time he went to Nashville, it was really, really bad with the booze. And now this is the second time. It's it's crazy. I would never in my wildest dreams think I would see a Ryan Suter jersey and on the back of the nameplate it says sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and to see it in bars and people are running, you know, uh, stomping over the jersey, putting it on the floor, never would I ever thought because he was beloved here. I mean, yeah. he he sacrificed a lot his body and and, and time here and, and he was a you know, really good player for this for this franchise for for a long time completely changed uh, the trajectory of it and so yeah it's tough you know i always i want to know too because i don't know if a if a player's been bought out multiple times or not or yeah, you know tell that dallas contract wasn't wasn't great either so yeah it uh, it's crazy you know but uh you know he's doing it to himself too with uh you know with the cheap shots and yeah. so um uh, you know he knows what he's doing you know it's it's working because Krill's banged up, um, but it's it's you know it's a tough way to go about about it if, for your legacy for sure. He got a little, he got a couple of friendly nudges from Ryan Reeves here in Game mm-hmm. Four, and see the funny part about it too is that the only thing that he seems to really be good at in terms of positioning is positioning himself away from the enforcers. Like that's that's the one thing that he can really really do effectively is like, hey, I'm gonna hop in here, I'm gonna mix it up. Oh, here comes Felino, here comes Reeves. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I think I'll just I think I'm just gonna float back to uh, to center ice and just kind of wait this one out. Well, unfortunately for him too, he's on their top pairing with Miro Heiskanen, and so. And Miro, oh my God, he is having an incredible series. And so he's going to be out there with Miro all the time. <laughs> and so he's going to hear the booze constantly because yep. he's playing, uh, you know, top line mi- minutes on the back end there, which I can't believe he is. But, you know, they aren't very deep uh, defensively back there. And so that that's why he's he's going he's having to play a lot um, so you know it's basically the only two i really trust are he you know miro and uh in Esselandel, who's just he's their version of Jonas brodine he's yeah. so good uh defensively no offense like brodine but those guys are just locked down machines it's it's awesome well and brodine has been part of um helping Jason Robertson pull a Harry Houdini over the last couple of games. How impressive of a job that the Wild have done on Robertson. I know Tyler Sagan got the two power play goals, but beyond that, I mean, I think Kevin Fallen has said it. Again, shout out to Wild Fanline, who I was listening to on the drive home. They do an A-plus job as well. I know your dad involved with that, as is Brandon Molesky, Kevin Fallness, Lavelli Neal was in on it too. It was just, it was so much fun to listen to. They alluded to it too. The Stars have scored 12 goals in this series. Seven of them have come on the power play. And so you have to kind of take this statement 
with a grain of salt because Sagan did score twice, but that combo of, let's just say, Robertson and Rupe Hintz, they have been very quiet over the last couple of games, and that's credit to the Wild defense. Like, Robertson had a couple of shots. He ended up with an assist, but, boy, he has been, for the the Stars' top option, he's been very quiet the last couple of games. Yeah, 100%. He's a heck of a player. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, but he's been very quiet five on five and the, the wild will take that because that guy can score in bunches. And so they miss, I, they miss Joe Pavelski so much because when, yep. when he's on there, that that's the best line in, in hockey. And so, you know, I have to give one guy really a lot of credit uh, to Matt Dumba. Um, if this is the swan song, he, he is playing his heart out. He's hitting everything in sight and, uh, you know, playing very well defensively. And we want to talk about a crazy, you know, beyond the pond. There was a lot of talk about Jared Spurgeon being too small, not being a good leader, take the, the captain spot away. Imagine this team without Jared Spurgeon. I, I, it was shocking to hear that, especially after a big win, uh, you know, on the previous game, uh, that guy is a heart and soul player. You ask Marcus Foligno, he's like, he, you know, he would say, uh, I, I love Jared Spurgeon. <laughs> Jared is keeping keeping the captain spot. You saw the the social media post by the by the Wild after they won that game, and he was holding a puck in the air, and he had a you know a big bandage all over his nose. I mean, that guy plays his heart out. He's he's the smallest guy on the ice, but he um, outworks you and yeah. can muscle you off the puck and. I, I don't know what they would do with that without that guy. You know, it's, he is a major part of that. Why the def- defensive structure is, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. And his, his size is one thing, but yeah. you, you put his poke check and his stick work up there amongst the best in the NHL. And yeah, he's not, he's not afraid to, to mix in there. You know, he'll, he'll bump with, with Jamie Ben, who's got a, you know, a significant height advantage and, and weight, uh, you know, he's not afraid to get in there and, um, you know, it's nice to have, you know, two sets of, of D that are, you know, major shutdown guys. Yeah. And, and it's, that's been a huge reason as to why Jason Robertson has been quiet and Spurgeon doesn't have the size, but his line mate certainly does. And so, even if you don't get that element from Spurgeon, you're getting it from Jake Middleton. And so, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, the, the one final thing that I wanted to, to throw in, because, again, this is a really, really good point as well, is in terms of changes for Game 5, um, I think a few of these lines are probably pretty good. I wouldn't do anything. I know there's been some discussion as to pull Ryan Reeves out of the lineup. But here's here's the counter-argument to that, is you've seen the likes of Ryan Suter. You've seen the likes of Jamie Benn. You've seen the likes of some of those guys be a little more quiet in the hits department. I can promise you, the moment you pull Ryan Reeves out of the lineup, that is going to crank up, and they're going to be doing it every chance they get. Ryan Reeves may not be doing a ton, you know, in the points department, but his presence on the ice 
as a guy that if something happens, he will be there to uh, get some revenge for it. You take that presence out of the lineup, and Dallas is just going to right back to trying to um, check Kirill Kaprizov in the back again. Like a lot of that is has stopped over the last game plus, and you take him out, it's just going to continue. Yeah, a hundred percent. We know, we know Jamie Ben. We know his history, and so he would be the first uh, to you know to get in the mix. You know, and uh, when Reeves is out there. He doesn't want to fight Reeves. You know, he becomes uh, the not so tough guy. And so, um, you know, at the time, a lot of us, myself included, didn't think the trade made any sense. Uh, but Billy Guerin knew what he was doing. He got him for the you know moments like this, too, in the playoffs where you're playing a team where they have guys like uh, like a Jamie Ben or a Ryan Suter who, you know, Reeves has history with. You know, when when Suter was a wild player and, and, and Reeves was a Vegas player and Reeves, you know, checked him into the goalpost, which was a crazy, crazy yep. move. Um, and so, yeah, you just, uh, you know, Reeves, Revo's uh, lurking on the bench there for for anything. And he under he understands the assignment every time he's out there. Oh, most and, definitely. You know, and he's got uh, a lieutenant uh, uh, on his line there in Brandon Duhame, the crazy Florida man who, <laughs> who will step in and, 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 and fight and, and throw his body if needed as well. Yeah, they've, they've got plenty of, I think that's been the thing that we've seen over the last couple of games is that it's shifted more back to the hockey as opposed to all of the, uh, the scrummies as, uh, mm-hmm. as I'll choose to call them. So, It'll be interesting to see. That we've talked about it. The everydayers know our stance on this is that this is going to be a this is going to be a long series. These are two very evenly matched teams, and we have seen both teams punch and then counterpunch um, throughout the course of the series. Wild took game one. Dallas counterpunched in game two. The Wild counterpunched in game three. Dallas counterpunched in game four. If we're going, if we're playing volleyball here, it's the Wilds' turn to serve, and so you go to the next game. You've got an opportunity to try to reclaim momentum by uh, by picking up a huge win in Game Five. Yeah, hundred percent. I like what uh, in the other series in the in the LA Oilers series uh, they asked Sanze Kopitar, and he's like, you know, tomorrow's another day. You know, <laughs> we're we're tied, and you know that's that's the mentality you got to have. You know, it's best of three now. And like you said, uh, both teams have, you know, taken a punch and it's how, that's how you respond. And so, you know, Dallas, uh, you know, had a tough loss and they came back and, and they beat the wild at home, um, or, you know, um, you know, uh, on the road. Um, and now the wild have to go in on Tuesday and, and do it to Dallas and, uh, they've won there and they know what it takes to win. And, uh, they just have to win the special teams battle and, and get some of their big guns going, you yep. know, and get uh, get Boldy. It would be so nice for Boldy to get a goal here because, you know, once the monkey's off the back for him, he scores in bunches. And so, yeah. you know, he's doing everything right, you know, except for putting the puck in the net. You know, he's taking draws. I, I never thought he'd be, he'd be back at center, uh, but he's doing a great job at, at that. And so... Um, you know, let's hope, uh, let's hope we see, uh, Mr. Boldy, uh, get a goal here. 
Yeah, 100% agree. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, for the everydayers. We'll talk tomorrow about some of the in-game coaching decisions because it's the one thing we didn't have an opportunity to get to here today that we probably could see some improvement with. And so we'll talk about that as well as some other keys for Game 5 coming up for you tomorrow on Lockdown Wild. But that'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in as always and for making Lockdown Wild your first listen and part of your daily routine. Uh, Make sure to follow Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and make sure to turn notifications on so you don't miss out on any new videos throughout the week. We've got new content for you every Monday through Friday, plus some post-game hits as well. You can find all of it uh, as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.